Good morning. I'm Pastor Dan. Today we begin a new message series entitled Courageous Leadership. In this series, we're going to be talking about how to be and grow as a godly leader. Now, some of you may be saying, well, I'm not a leader, so this series isn't going to apply to me. Well, my intention for this series is that it should apply to everyone. So to show why that's going to be true, let's, let's answer the question, what is a leader? A leader is someone whom people follow. Pretty simple. I believe that God calls every Christian to be a leader. Some may only lead one person at a time. Others may lead a dozen and some even hundreds and so on. Leaders can be either godly or ungodly. A godly leader will lead others closer to God. An ungodly leader will lead others away from God. But we want to be people who lead people to Jesus. That is the most important thing that each one of us can do as a leader, to lead another person to Jesus Christ. To be that kind of leader is not an option for a believer. It is God's command to us. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, he says, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So let's get the picture here. Paul is a follower and imitator of Jesus Christ, who is the ultimate leader. Paul's goal in life is to follow Jesus' example. And so Paul instructs his readers, which includes you and me, to, to be imitators of him as he follows Jesus. So obviously Paul was a godly leader and people followed his example in his day and, and still do today. So how does this apply to us? Well, as you and I follow Jesus, we are examples for others to follow in our footsteps. When they do, what does that make us? Well, it makes us leaders. As parents, we are to be examples to and lead our children to follow Jesus. As co-workers on the job, we, we are to be examples and lead our co-workers to Jesus. As family members, we are to lead our relatives to Jesus, and so on. Daniel 12 verse 3 says, And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. And so those who turn many to righteousness are godly leaders. Now, this promise doesn't just apply to evangelists, but to those who lead their children and others to the Lord. Now, is it easy to be a leader? Well, no, it's not. Leaders will be resisted by some. Leaders must do and try new things. And leaders must overcome obstacles. A godly leader must lead others in the ways of God and not in the ways of the world. And so every godly leader, which includes all of us, needs courage. Psalm 31 verse 24 says, Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. And so to be a leader, we must be strong. We must be courageous and we must wait on the Lord. So in our series, Courageous Leadership, we're going to look at one of the greatest leaders in the Bible, Joshua. Our message today is entitled Leadership Qualities. And I'd like us to watch a short video as introduction called Joshua, Strong and Courageous.
today we're going to look at three qualities of godly leaders and we're going to see how each one of us can grow in these qualities and so be more effective leaders for the Lord. The first principle that we're going to learn is that godly leaders are called. Deuteronomy 31 verse 23 says, And the Lord commissioned Joshua the son of Nun and said, Be strong and courageous. For you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swore to give them. I will be with you. So a little background here. Moses was the great leader of Egypt of Israel that led them out of Egypt and through the wilderness. And yet God had informed Moses that he would not lead Israel into the promised land. Joshua had been by Moses' side all along, had been trained by Moses. Right before Israel entered the promised land, the Lord commissioned or called Joshua. And what that means is that godly leaders are not leaders simply because they want to be leaders. Godly leaders are called by God. God speaks to them and calls them to the leadership task that he has for them. In this case, God told Joshua what his leadership task was to be. He was to bring the people of Israel into the land God had promised them. Now the commissioning of Joshua in the verse that we just read was in the presence of Moses in the tent of meeting before the Lord. Now let's move on to the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 1 verse 1, which says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Well, Joshua had died, and the Lord was now reiterating his call to Joshua. You see, Joshua was called before Moses died, but it was not yet time for him to assume leadership. Now that Moses had died, it was time for Joshua to begin to lead Israel. God again gave Joshua the task that was assigned to him to lead Israel into the land. Now, not only are godly leaders called by God, they are also recognized by, by men. Deuteronomy 37 verse 7 and 8 says, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. So in these verses, we see Josh, uh, Moses recognizing the call of God on Joshua in front of all Israel. In the call of God and the recognition of Moses, we see and will see this phrase, be strong and courageous, over and over again. God's calling of a leader must be recognized by those in authority over them. Every leader must be under the authority of another leader or group of leaders. And this principle is taught throughout scripture. Godly leaders are called. Now, probably none of us today is being called by God to lead an entire nation. And yet we want to take the leadership principles here and apply them to our lives today. 
Now, generally speaking, the call of God comes to an individual first, and then the recognition by others in authority comes second. Oftentimes, the call of God may, may come sometimes before, even years before, a person steps into or is recognized as a leader. Those who are faithful in leading one or a few are often given more responsibility to lead more. How is God calling you to be a leader in your life? God calls leaders, our believers, to be leaders in every area of life, not just in spiritual matters. There will be those who are called to be leaders of others at work. Be faithful in serving those in authority, and you will be given more responsibility to lead yet others. Sometimes God calls people to be leaders and instructs them how to train for a future leadership assignment. Not only does God call believers to be leaders at work, but also leaders at home and leaders at church. Every person who serves as a teacher, for example, in our children's ministry is a leader. Every person who invites another person to church is a leader. Every person who takes charge of some aspect of church ministry is a leader. Serve well where God has called you. Now, not only are godly leaders called, but godly leaders are courageous. Joshua 1 verse 5 says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. So in this first chapter of the book of Joshua, the Lord is speaking to Joshua. The Lord is giving him instructions on how to be a godly leader. And these instructions have important principles to apply to each one of us as God is calling us to be leaders in our own lives. Now, when God calls you to be a leader, he is going to be with you. The Lord is going to be there to guide you and answer your questions about how to lead. Verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. And so every leader must be strong and courageous. Why? Be because we tend to be the opposite, to be weak and cowardly. The natural tendency of people is to just follow the crowd. Unfortunately, the crowd is always going in the wrong direction. But leaders who are strong and courageous go against the flow and lead others in the right direction. Well, Joshua 1.7 says, Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. And so now God's guidance to Joshua gets more specific. Again, he repeats the command to be strong, and this time very courageous. Now, God is not saying that he chose Joshua because he was strong and courageous. God is commanding him to be and continue to be strong and courageous. This is something that Joshua and each one of us can be with the Lord's help. Now, the first key for Joshua as a leader was to recognize that God was with him. The second key is that God had a plan and promise for him. And now we see the third key, which is God's word that must be followed and obeyed. As Joshua followed God's word, he would have success. 
In verse 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And so God's word is to be read, it's to be spoken, it's to be meditated on continually. Why was this so for Joshua? So that Joshua could put it into practice, so that he could do it. You see, the Bible doesn't exist so much simply to be read, although that is necessary. It exists so that it can be done. The promise again was of prosperity and success. Now God concludes this section of instruction to Joshua in verse 9. And he says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So in this final exhortation, God repeats the command to be strong and courageous for the third time in these few verses. Now the opposite of that command is prohibited in the next sentence. Joshua is not to be in fear or dismay. Again, this means that these character qualities or attitudes are controllable by each one of us, by each leader. Now how can we control our attitudes? Well, we can control them because God is with us wherever we go to guide us and to help us. And so we see in this section three things that God gave Joshua so that he could be strong and courageous. God gave us the same three things. God gives us his presence through the Holy Spirit. His promises he gives to us to believe in and he gives us his word to obey. Now let's think a little more deeply about how God calls us to be courageous today. Whenever we go through a difficult time in our lives, we have the opportunity to be courageous. Now what comes easily is fear, anxiety, discouragement. Difficult situations that each of us face from time to time could be things like relationship issues, financial issues, health issues, job issues, and so on. Oftentimes, we are leaders in life even when we think that no one is following. People around, whether in your family, your church, or workplace, notice how you handle difficult circumstances. Most people aren't strong and courageous, but when you rely on God through prayer and His Word, and our strong and courageous people are going to notice. You are being a leader. God will give you opportunities to share where your strength and courage comes from to those who are watching. Godly leaders are courageous. And finally, we want to look at how godly leaders are followed. Joshua 1 verse 10 and 11 says, And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, Prepare your provisions, for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And so God had called Joshua, he'd instructed him, and now it was time for action. Joshua must now begin to lead the nation of Israel, and so he begins to give instructions. Notice that even with his first command, he's telling people the goal, and he's telling them the promise of God to possess the promised land. God showed Joshua what to do, and he communicated it to the people 
of Israel. Our story continues in verse 12. He says, And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the word that Moses, the servant of God, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land? You see, these three tribes had made an agreement with Moses that they would inherit land on the east side of the Jordan River, which is where they were living. An agreement was that they were to go over with the rest of the tribes to help conquer the promised land. Only when all of the tribes had their inheritance would the warriors of these three tribes be able to come back to their home. And so Joshua is then reminding and holding these tribes accountable to their promise. Godly leaders point the way forward. Verse 16 we see, And they answered Joshua, All that you have commanded us we will do. Wherever you send us we will go. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your word, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. And so these three tribes respond to Joshua's commands. They commit to following him as their leader. Now even these three tribes remind Joshua to be strong and courageous. The phrase has now been repeated four times in the first chapter of Joshua. The people who are following Joshua's leadership are learning the importance of being strong and courageous even for themselves. And so godly leaders set the standard that others are to follow. Godly leaders whom people follow set an example for others. Their example is set both in the words that they speak and the actions that they do. Our words and our actions must be consistent to gain credibility and to have others desire to follow our example. Now, of course, when someone's actions are not consistent with their words, what do people call them? Will people judge them as hypocrites? And so as believers, our words and our actions must be consistent with one another. As believers, wherever we go, we ought to let other people know that we are Christians. There are many ways to do that. If you're strong and courageous, you're going to do things differently than those who are not believers. Perhaps you bow your head at lunch time for prayer when others are around. When you're talking to someone else about what you did over the weekend, you, you mention what you learned in church. If someone is having a difficulty in life, you offer to pray for them. When someone has an issue or you're trying to solve a problem, you bring in a biblical principle to the discussion. Now, once people begin to realize that you are a believer and that you're not afraid to let others know, they're going to watch you. They're going to watch you closely. And that's when your actions need to line up with your words. And since none of us is perfect, that will also involve saying sorry or asking for forgiveness sometimes when we do mess up. But godly leaders are followed and make a difference in their world as they are strong and courageous. Today we've begun to look at the example of Joshua as a godly leader to learn from. Godly leaders are called to the places that God desires them to lead. You don't have to have a, a vision to be called as a leader. God calls each one of us to be leaders through his word. Godly leaders are not paralyzed by fear or by what others may think of them. They choose to be strong and courageous and God helps them. Finally, godly leaders set an example for others to follow, both in their words and their actions. 
our city, the city of St. Louis, indeed our country, America, need more godly leaders who are not afraid to stand up for the truth. May God help each one of us to grow and be the leaders that God created us to be. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity to repent and become a believer. If you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray with me and be born again. Perhaps you've committed your life to God in the past, but you feel like you've drifted away. This morning, you can recommit your life as we pray together. To become a believer, you need to do three things. First of all, you need to admit that you've sinned and turn away from that sin to repent. Secondly, you need to believe. Believe that Jesus died to forgive you and rose from the dead. And finally, see you need to commit your life to following him, to following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So let's bow our heads right now and pray. Father, today I admit that I've sinned. I admit that I've done wrong things. I repent. I, I turn away from that sin and put my faith in you. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, that I might be forgiven. Come into my life. I believe you rose from the dead, and I commit myself to following you as my Lord and Savior. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, we thank you for the account of Joshua who led your people into the promised land. We see how you encouraged him over and over to be strong and courageous. We ask you today that you would help us to grow stronger and more full of courage. Forgive us for the times when we've been afraid to speak out for you, to speak the truth. Forgive us for the situations where we had had an opportunity to talk to someone about Jesus, but we're afraid that we might offend someone. We thank you that, that you are calling each one of us to grow as leaders for those around us. Help us to be examples, both in our words and in our actions, of people who are committed followers of Jesus Christ. We look forward to the situations that you have planned for us to grow as leaders in the coming weeks. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. If you made a commitment to Jesus Christ or would like more information, I'd like to encourage you to connect with us via the link below on this video. We'll pray for you and offer you some helpful materials. You can find out more information on our website, lifechurchstlouis.org. Our Sunday morning services are now open at 10 a.m., 15036 Clayton Road in Chesterfield, you're invited to attend if you live in the St. Louis area. Next Sunday, we're going to continue our message series, Courageous Leadership, with the message, Prepare to Lead. We encourage you to come. Online donations are available to help us reach more people for Jesus. They're available at lifechurchstlouis.org. God bless and have a great week.